2: Joining the online studio. Your
3: line is muted. Recording started. Recording. Testing, testing. One, two, three. One, two, three. Okay, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Um,
0: yes. I got a call, Sister Savannah. <laughs> okay. I got to click go her in.
3: And um, I'm going to go ahead and start the live feed on uh, Facebook. Okay are you here?
4: Oh, I am
3: okay, okay good. Um, everybody's here. So let's go ahead and get ready to go live on the page. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Happy
2: Sabbath.
3: Happy Sabbath. Happy Sabbath. Brother Bakersman, are you on speakerphone? No, sir. You said no? No, I'm not on speakerphone. Okay, good, good. Okay. Uh, Reboot your faith. Episode two.
2: Okay. Uh, let me see.
3: Copy and paste today's. Okay. Let me forward that.
2: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, so team, we're going to talk about um, keeping your joy, like Sister Crystal said, but I want to put it in the context of not only what you're going through now, that's what we want to end with, but what it is that you've been through that you've overcome already, knowing that if you've overcome that, then uh, you can overcome what you're going through now, all right? Is that about, okay. um, Sister Crystal, um, how you wanted to deal with that?
0: Uh, yes, yes, absolutely.
3: OK, good.
4: You mean like trials that we've been
3: through? Yeah, trials that we've been through because what we want to do is we want to get engage the other callers that's calling in to talk about their testimony as well. And then that's when we okay. go into the place where we can encourage them. All right. So we're going live on page. And hold on, let me go get my other phone real quick. All right, here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Peace and blessings, everybody. This is um, Brother Black Ice, and I'm on live with Team Truth Hour as we host another Reboot Your Faith. Uh, We got Sister Savannah, Brother Bakersman, and Sister Crystal. Also on the line, we'll be going to them in one moment, but we want to give you a chance and an opportunity to get on, to say hello, to um, let us know where you are viewing and and tuning in from. Happy Sabbath off the top. Happy Feast of Unleavened Bread. Mm -hmm. What's this Mm
4: -hmm.
3: team, day four? Yes, day four. Yes. Day, Day four. That's what I'm talking about. So let us go ahead, brothers and sisters, and rejoice. And be glad because this is the day that the Lord has made. We're rejoicing and we're glad in it. Um, very troublous times that we are experiencing also as well with this um, with this deadly plague, this day, deadly virus. People people are dying every day. Um, so again, let us know where you're tuning in from. If you're out there, let us know that where you're tuning in from. Peace and bless us, the Team Truth Hour.
2: Hello?
4: We're waiting. We're Okay. <sighs> I'm like, did I lose
0: on <laughs> I think we may have lost him. <laughs> oh,
4: no.
5: So, do we need to call back in? No, oh, no.
4: No, wait. This is no. No, let's just say <laughs> We're all <also laughs> still here. He might be. <laughs> he still might be here. Oh. Um <laughs>
3: All right, <laughs> I don't know what was going on with my team right there, but team, we can hear all the talking that you're doing on the live feed. So I just want to make you guys aware uh, that uh, everybody can hear you guys talking. Can you guys hear me? Yes. The yes. Bakersman. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. All right, good. So yes. everybody can hear you guys talking. So I just want to let you guys know that you guys are on So Okay. Um. All right, good. Good. So again, brothers and sisters. So. Everyone has a test, but you can't have a testimony unless you've had a test. OK. How do you still find joy in the midst of the storm? Um, how do you find joy in the midst of your struggles? Um, Let's see, um, Sister Crystal, Sister Savannah, you're still there, correct? Yes, I am. Uh, Brother yes. Bakers- oh, good. So, Brother Bakersman, getting a- we're getting a lot of feedback from your phone, so try to get in a place where you're quiet, where the background is quiet at, so that we can make sure that we don't, you know, hear, or either put your phone on mute if, um, if the background is kind of noisy. I know you're kind of moving around. Um, but again, brothers and sisters, please let us know where you're watching from. We got Linda from Houston, Texas. Out there, we got brother Jordan Anderson. Let everybody know where you are tuning in from, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another edition of Reboot Your Faith on the Sabbath day, brothers and sisters. We got to learn how to um get this thing right, you know. And uh, we believe here on the truth hour that the only way you can get it right is to get with Jesus, brothers and sisters. All right, so let's go ahead and bring the team on and the bring bring the team off here. So we're gonna ask Sister Savannah. come off mute right now and just just to speak to the people welcome everybody who's watching the show and um tell them why it's important to um to maintain your joy in the midst of the storm in the midst of the struggle we'll get into your testimony a little bit later in the show um go ahead sister savannah
4: oh welcome everyone thank you for all tuning in and calling in um i am part of team truth hour so why is it important to maintain your joy through this uh, outbreak or this virus outbreak. Um, It's very important to maintain your joy for others, not just for yourself and for your family, but for others. When they see that you're a servant of God and they see that you know the book and you're keeping the Sabbath and you're joyful, that will allow them to be joyful. It's just encouraging them to try to be happy through all this misery and um, sorrow and, and all the negativity that's in the world right now, um, it's just, it's just, it's just for you to be a good role model for other people, um, and keeping your trust and your faith in the Lord.
3: Um, when they see that,
4: then they to keep their faith and keep in
3: the Lord. That's why that's important.
2: That is true. We appreciate
3: that. Let's bring on Brother Bakersman. Brother Bakersman, why is it important for you to keep your joy and your spirit, not just? during this um, plague of the coronavirus because everybody's talking about that. But we ain't talking about no more the trials and tribulations that we're going through in our relationships, the trials and tribulations that we going through in our job the trials and tribulations that we going through trying to maintain to pay our bills or trying to bring people to the truth. So just period in this climate, period, how are you able to maintain your joy and why is it important that we encourage other people to maintain their joy. Well, uh, first, first off, I want to say
5: good afternoon. Happy Sabbath, and uh, it's mostly important because, like Sister said, uh, someone is always someone is always watching you at all times, and uh, especially if you're being a follower of Christ, uh, they look at how you deal with the trials and tribulations that you go through, that He may. Uh, because a lot of times he kind of gets you by yourself sometimes when you're, he wants you to deal with certain things in order for you to deal with something so you can show other people, you know, how to keep strength when you're going through certain things in life to know that regardless of whatever it may be, that all things work together for the greater good of God.
3: All right. We appreciate that, Brother Bakersman. Uh, man, they're lighting up the, the 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 live feed right here. We want to say hello to um, Sister LaShane um, Blake um, tuning in from Atlanta. Sister um, Shanda Clark tuning in from Houston, Texas. Happy Sabbath, brothers and sisters. Laura Young tuning in from um, Indiana. Happy Fourth Day of Feast of Unleavened Bread. Latoya Potts, let us know where you're tuning in from. Brother Rory Potts, uh, let me know if you guys are related. Uh, tuning in from um, Albany georgia peace and blessings happy sabbath brother jimmy joseph tuning in uh, let us know where you're tuning in from oh columbia connecticut uh is where the brother is tuning in from um shalom peace and blessings what up though uh whatever greeting um that makes you feel comfortable brothers and sisters but peace in jesus name let's go ahead to our sister um Christa wells sister Krista wells Finding your joy, and Sister Crystal Wells inspired this subject today. And so, Sister Crystal Wells, why did God put this on your heart to discuss today? I'm going to give you the floor. The floor is yours. And then, like I said, Team Truth Hour will get personal with each and every one of you a little bit later on in the show. We're going to talk to you about our testimonies and what we've been through and how we've been able to find our joy in the midst of that test in order to have a testimony to share with you today. That's gonna come on a little bit later on in the program, Reboot Your Faith, episode two. But Sister Crystal Wells, talk to us. Um, Why did God put this on your spirit to um, inspire us to do this lesson talking about joy today?
0: Um, Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Team Truth Hour. Um, And I thank everyone for coming on today. I am Sister Crystal, and I am part of Team Truth Hour. Um, we are coming to you today to speak about joy, how to have joy in the midst of the storm. Um, this storm won't last forever. Joy cometh in the morning, but, you know, let know that God is our joy and strength through it all. So we must pray and, you know, keep our eyes focus on God, and just know that, you know, he's always there with us. Um, What led this to on my heart was, I dealt with, I'm dealing with a lot of people that I'm talking to that calling me about, you know, you know, they've lost their joy, you know, I'm not happy anymore, Uh, the world is not happy anymore, everybody's upset, and got to stay in, and stuff, and You know, I was just talking to the Lord about, you know, the world, joy was the world. That was their joy. Um, Not you, God. It was the world. And so this was, you know, he led this on my heart to speak about because the world has forgotten God. And, you know, their joy was the world. Getting their hair done, their nails done, their feet done, everything, clothes, shopping malls. They don't have any joy anymore, but the main joy that we should have is God first, and once you have that, then you have joy of all the other things, so this is why you know I just was, you know talking to the Lord about it, and you know it just to show me how to talk to these people and how to get them to see you know what the true joy is, and so this is why he led this on my heart you know, to speak about today. And I hope that, you know, something said here today will, you know, you guys will be edified and get something from this that will carry you through this storm that we are facing. But it won't last forever, but we just got to stay focused and know that God is ahead of it all.
2: Amen.
3: want to pound in if it asks you for a parent. But I'm going to put that, put that in. So um, let's go ahead and see if we have any callers on the line as of right now. Uh, we're going to ask that you guys call in. Again, call in to the show. Call in to the show. Um, and let us know what your testimony is, what you've been through, what you've been what you've gone through. Let's um until we um get the callers rolling in, let's go ahead to Sister Savannah. Sister Savannah, people know you. Um, you share the word of God, you 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 talk about building faith and you talk about how good God is, but I'm assuming that there was a point and there was a time when your faith was shaken, when you was going through something, when you didn't know how you were going to make it. Uh, can you talk to the people right now and share your testimony and, 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 and about what it is that you went through and how you um, are able to find your joy today uh, through that test, turning your test into a testimony? Sister Savannah, you have the floor.
4: Um, let's see, I have many testimonies, but the one that sticks out the most is um, prior to me coming into the truth. Um, I was going through a lot in my life. I was working at a job where I was robbed at gunpoint and almost died. I lost a uh, baby. It was just a variety of different things that were happening in my life. And I was looking for the word. And I went searching for it. And the Lord took me on a journey to find the truth. I went through many now, different now, uh, platforms. Sister Savannah,
3: now, Sister Savannah, I can't let you off the hook that easy man. I can't let you. You just skim through that. You just skim past man. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta take it. You gotta take us there, sister. You gotta let it go because, again, people out there they're afraid to tell their truth. They're afraid to, you know what I'm saying? So let's go, let's go deep into it, sis. This is, this is, uh, this is reboot your faith. I mean, talk to us about it. You know, talk to us about that time. You know, we know. Cool. Lost the baby. Robbed at gunpoint. Almost died. But we need some details, sis. We need you to get into that mindset of the detail of what was going on at that moment and pull that out because we need to know that those who are going through the same thing that have faith yeah they heard you you see what i'm saying they heard you you was looking for the truth and all that you got to give us a little bit more than that i was
4: lost in the world i was lost i was i was completely for the world so the lord had to come at me he had to come at me hard he had to bring his wrath hard. So he was coming at me different ways. He was coming at me through the job. He was coming at me in my personal life. He was coming at me financially. He was coming at me all different avenues. And to get me to hear his word and for me to come to him so I can look for his word and find his truth. So when I say I was robbed at gunpoint, I worked at a high volume check cash store. And $100,000 was something we saw on a regular. So we, was, I was opening the store one day, and someone decided to. Robbed me at gunpoint. And for the grace of God, he was with me, and I could have been shot and killed that same day. But the Lord saved me. He preserved me. So by me seeing that, I was like, okay, what is he trying to show me? Which, in fact, led me to go searching for his word, to hear his word, or to find someone that was teaching it. And that led me to my search online, and I found videos. And eventually, I came to the Israel God. And this is where I've been ever since. So he took me through a journey, and he showed me what it is that he wants me to do, what my purpose was. Um, I also find, um, let's see, I also find joy in writing as well. I write down what I experience and what I go through, and I've been published twice, so the world, some of the world, has seen it already. So I do find joy in that avenue as well. Um, so this, and I just keep my trust in the Lord because I know that He's never failed me. So. You know, that's just where I'm at with that.
2: Okay, well,
3: maybe we pull out one of those writings by the end of the show. So go into the archive and go pull out one of them writings, and we'll call you back uh, at the end of the show, maybe to read and let me know in the inbox. Let's go to Brother Baker's room. Brother Baker's room, um, you're out there, brother. Um, you've been through some things in your life, <clears throat> only you know what they are. Um and then we're gonna go to the phone line after you. We got a 9107891 number, a 910789. Um matter of fact, let's go to that call now, then brother Bakersman, we'll come back to you. And again, we want you guys to call in, share your testimony today, share your testimony, and then let's talk about how you keep your joy and what you were going through. All right, and then even today, how do you keep your joy and what you Okay. Uh, let's go to nine one zero seven eight nine. Nine one zero seven eight nine. You're on the line. State your name and where you're calling from. Nine one zero seven eight nine
2: area
3: code. Okay. We're gonna uh, mute you. Uh, hello. In- hello. Can you hear me? Uh, we can hear you now. Go ahead. Uh, who's hey, hey, sorry what about that, family.
1: family. Happy, happy, Sabbath, family. Okay. Let's start us off right. How y'all doing? Uh, all right. Happy hey. Sabbath, my brother. All right. My name is Brother Philip. I'm calling from uh, Augusta, Georgia, right now. I'm in the military, and uh. So okay. I, found the, I, I found the Lord in the desert. Uh, it's funny if you refer, refer back to Scripture, you know, Philip wanted in the desert, um, and, and he, he met the other brother um, who was trying to understand the scrolls. So right. it's funny because Brother because brother Hezekiah from IOG was my supervisor, right? And uh, hold on. I'm trying
2: to – okay.
1: Yeah, Brother Hezekiah from IOG was my supervisor in the military. And uh, – it's funny he he started
2: quitting
1: started asking me questions and taking my I, they, my nickname at the job was called preach I didn't know anything I just only went in the shop that went to church on Sunday. right mm-hmm. and um and then he didn't tell me anything about the word right I had questions and what we, he would do was we went to the library we had an encyclopedia and we had the word. and every time I had a question, he would never answer. He made me read it. Mm. And it's funny, it's funny, I had to find the Lord in the middle of the desert. Wow. I, I'm in Kuwait, of all places. There are Muslims around me and sending Christians. For every question I had, he never gave me the answer out of his mouth. We read it. Family, I have you to know, on the Sabbath itself, we started, say, around 1 o'clock, in Kuwait time, we didn't get done for like 12 hours later. I had questions wow. about the eating, about disciples, about the tribe, about why why black people are, are incarcerated, about why the Jewish and the Muslims still go to church on the Sabbath, but the so-called Christians go on Sunday. I yeah. have you know, family. Ever since then, uh, I have, have not gone back. And two years later, the brother baptized my me and my wife. So I'm trying wow. to tell you, when when we found the Lord, because my wife used to be a seven day Adventist, and now she in the truth too.
2: That's beautiful. That's beautiful.
3: So, you know how has how has now you being in the truth? Right. How has that brought? Can you say the question one more time,
1: bro? Hello? Hello, can you hear me?
0: Hold on, he'll be right back.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, sis. See, uh,
3: can you guys hear me?
1: Uh, I can't. I can't, not, bro.
3: Okay, good. The question was, how do you, how knowing what you know, because you still tested. How do yes. you find joy when you are going through things now? How do you find joy when 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 the trials and the str- struggles come down? How do you still find joy?
1: Uh bro, this is how I find joy because I know that the Lord had to test everybody. You can't be a servant and not get tested.
2: You That's see what I'm true. i go
1: right to the word. I go right to the word. And uh, of, all, of all verses, the favorite one that everybody reads is Psalm 23. You see what I'm saying? Yea, do I walk through the valley of shallow death? And now me being the military, I understand that when you look at the valley where he's talking about Jerusalem, it's surrounded by him. The Lord, Lord can't lie because no, he's not a man that he should lie, nor someone that he, can, he should repent. So knowing that he went through the valley physically and spiritually and still came out on the other side like that, that gives me faith, gives me strength. You see what I'm saying? Being military, I see stuff, I see maps, I see drawings all the time. So knowing when I look at that, like, oh, the Lord went, he was talking about two things. He was talking about a spiritual walk and your physical walk
2: so so no, so having that mindset
1: and and knowing what I know, it's like I'm a soldier, I'm a soldier twice over okay, Uncle Sam is me a soldier, but I'm a soldier in the lower too that's right that, above everything and well,
2: I I
3: appreciate go ahead, bro, I'm sorry no no, I was saying I appreciate your uh appreciate your comment. we got a few more callers on the line, but that's a that's a powerful testimony, brother finding God in the desert mm-hmm and then holding on to that knowledge of what you learned to navigate you through whatever you may be currently going through or what you've gone through since you found them. So I definitely appreciate that, my brother.
1: Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And, and y'all continue to have a blessed and peaceful Sabbath.
3: All right. All right. Continue. Listen, up, we're going to go ahead and go to the next caller. We're going to go ahead and go to the next caller, next caller. Uh, we have. Let me see. Nine one zero. I believe that was the brother, right? That just spoke, Philip. You're nine one zero. Nine one zero. Correct. I am. Okay, good. So let's go to Brother Bakersman. Uh, brother Bakersman, um, talk to us, brother, about being able to find joy in the midst of the storm. Um, give us your testimony, my brother. Um, I know life has not always been like it currently is. What was that aha moment? What was that dividing moment? What was that Mason-Dixon line, that dividing line between um, you making the decision that, hey, this is the way I need to go. I'm tired of living this type of life or I'm tired of going through what I'm going through.
5: Um, brother, the breaking, The breaking point for me, hello?
3: Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead.
5: Okay. The the breaking point for me was uh, when I got ready to start uh driving trucks and in the midst of me getting ready to venture off and do that, I was pretty much in a a, down, a downfall in my marriage. And so, um uh, going in driving trucks, I, I had no knowledge of what I was doing. But I was I was trying to do something to get myself back on my feet and have have a solid career because I know in being married that's something that that is needed. Being the provider is having a solid career. So that's something that I, I was venturing off into, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And so uh, there was a lot that went with with the process of learning that, but. Me not knowing the whole time that I'm I'm going off to do this, this was the most high getting me off to myself in order to deal with me one on one. And I'm not noticing this in the beginning. But I started noticing more when I really started driving. I was by myself the whole time and uh in the midst of still going going through this downfall and being away from everybody for three months at a time and just pretty much being by myself. So I was pretty much alone with my thoughts, which was pretty much eating at me, you know, day in and day out, being out there by myself like that, going state to state. And uh, at this time, this is when I kind of started coming into the truth. I was dealing with a brother that was, you know, helping me, uh, when I was feeling down and stuff, and sending me scriptures and everything like that, but uh, I noticed one day, uh, and I'm not sure how many callers live toward the East Coast or in New York City, but New York City is a pretty small place, and squeezing a, a semi truck through it is not probably not the easiest thing to do. And coming from a small town in Louisiana, that's, I mean, that's something you're not used to doing, you're not used to seeing. It. But going through that, I had no I had no GPS. I'd never been to New York City. But I had one or two choices. I couldn't stop and I could have gave up on that, or I could have allowed God to take me through it. So I chose the second choice. I allowed him to take me through it with no GPS and he guided me, and I was able to get out of New York City but just being just being in in tough situations that you're not used to dealing with you're not dealing with them on your own, regardless of what it may seem like to the physical eye. you always have to remember the spiritual side of things that even though you're going through things and there might not be anybody around you you're going you're going through those things. Because God chose you to strengthen you in the area of your life that he might need you to do for somebody else. Because that's how he works. He works through us with dealing with other people. And it might not necessarily be the same situations. but hearing somebody else's testimony like Sister Savannah uh, coming near death, you know, someone always is dealing with something much worse than what you're dealing with. But the joy in that is knowing that at the end of it all, God will still bring you through whatever it is because he's the one that brought you to the the tribulation or through the process that you had to go through in order to grow and help somebody else.
3: author of everything and we we um don't really bring into account or understand that if god didn't want you to have that divorce guess what you wouldn't have gotten divorced if god didn't want you to experience the loss of that job guess what you wouldn't have lost that job If God didn't want your friends to turn their back against you or their family to turn their back against you, guess what? It wouldn't have happened. God allows us to go through certain things to get our attention for a reason and a purpose and a mission and an assignment. What happens is when God sends us the signs, when God knocks on our door, when God gives us the warning signs, we ignore them. And so then he causes something greater to come upon us. And then we keep getting afflicted time and time and time again, and then we wonder why why am I going through so much hell? It's because you're not heeding to the answer and the call that the Lord wants you to answer. Now, these people that may be guilty of turning their back against you, this woman or this man that may be guilty of doing you wrong, this job that may have let you go for an unjust cause or an unjust reason, they have assignments to do also as well. There had to be a Pharaoh and a Moses. There had to be a Delilah and a Samson. There had to be a Judas and a Jesus. The question that I have is, why do we blame the people and not go to God and ask God, what is it that you're trying to show me? What is it that you want me to see? Those people are just playing the role that God is having them to play in your life. You got to be spiritually mature enough to know that these things are not happening for a, uh, uh, without, without a reason to it, without a cause to it. So when we begin to look at things from a spiritual perspective, because you will never get the answer looking at things from a, a carnal perspective, a mental perspective. You will never find the reason or the rationale why they do this or or why did they say this? You'll never find the answer that way. Because some things are just irrational. But when you start to look at it from a spiritual perspective, you know that God has an assignment for all of us to do. The question is, are we living out our own assignment that God has given us to do? Or are we going to just stand there and keep getting knocked upside the head by this individual, by that individual, by by this job, by this relationship, by this family member, by this friend, until we get the point. Number one, we can't change anybody. We can't stop anything from coming from somebody's mouth, from being typed on their social media pages. The only person that we can control is ourselves. And are we being the best us that we can be? Are we ascending to the best us? Let's stop blaming people. Let's stop talking about necessarily what happened. It's good to talk about what happened, but let's talk about how we overcame what happened and how God has blessed us even in the midst of the storm. This is the reason why today we can still look good We can still smile. We can still give a word of encouragement to somebody else because we've been able to find joy in the midst of the storm. Let's go ahead and please call in, brothers and sisters. Um, The number is in the thread that you're watching on Facebook Live. But let's go to our sister, Crystal Wells. Crystal Wells, you've been on this earth. You've experienced some things. You've seen some things. Give us that testimony and tell us how you're still able to find your joy even in the midst of the storm. Sister
2: Christopher.
0: Okay, um, I would like to give, I've been through a lot of things, yes Lord. <laughs> but the thing that I really wanna speak about today is from a year ago, um, Saint Sister Savannah got cut off, and I need to
4: that her. I'm sorry.
2: Well, let's let's do that
3: after. Let's do that after you uh, give your testimony, sis, if you can. Okay.
0: And the thing that I want to talk about today is uh, something that happened recently, a year ago, uh, to me and and to me. This was something more than anything that I think that I have been through. Um, I, you know, last year was in the hospital for 10 whole days. And those 10 days, um, I had found out that uh, my uh, blood sugar was over 1,000. I had been walking around day after day after day. With, with blood sugar over 1,000. It had went off the scale. They couldn't even tell how high it was. And it scared me. I got afraid. I was really afraid. I was so sick. Um, and each day, you know, I said, Lord, why in the world did this happen to me? Why? I have seen this happen to a lot of other people. And I prayed for them and felt for them and all of that. But I never thought that could happen to me. And so, you know, I was in there, and I had been going to the doctor regularly, kept up with my checkups and everything, and he never told me once that it was high. He never told me once that it was high or that I needed to take medications or anything like that and this put me in a position to where I was down on my back for 10 days. And during those 10 days, I talked to the Lord, and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do. Why did this happen? I mean, I did everything I was supposed to do, so why did this happen? I could never figure it out, and they was running this and had this hooked up to me and had that hooked up, and... All these things was going on, and I'm lost. I'm just out here lost. I had nobody but God. That was all I had. And I was like, Lord, I have got to just keep my hand in your hand. I need you to help me. I need to get out of this. I don't want this. I said, take this from me. I do not want it. I can't live every day with this. This is not something that I want to Mm -hmm. be a part of my life. So, you know, after the 10 days and I got out, it was a little bit up a little bit. After the 10 days when I got out, I came home and I kept praying. Then I had to use the needle. And I'm like, Lord, this ain't going to happen. I can't do this. I don't want to do it. That was my focus. I didn't want to do it. And so um, I told him, I said, well, you know it's anyway any way possible lord i said what is it that i didn't do i'm not doing why did this happen to me and so i had to keep going to my doctor so i kept going and i had to go to classes they had to show me how to use this how to do that i didn't care i didn't want to do it so i listened but i didn't listen because i didn't want to do it and so i'm like well you got to look it in your mind. This is going to save your life, so you better do it. you got to do it. So I buckled down and finally come around and said, okay, this is going to be a part of my life. I said, this is not something that I want to be a part of my life. I said, but i got to accept it. So I kept going, and I kept praying, and I kept reading, I found myself doing more reading and more praying during this time. And because I wanted to really tell the Lord how I felt about it. And so I kept reading and kept praying. And so I went to the uh, three months went by. And so the my doctor said, we got to check it to make sure that um, it's where it's supposed to be. Because if it's over, then we might have to up the doses or what. I'm like, oh, my Lord. So I went. They did the test and everything. And when the test came back, she told me before I left the office, I am very proud of your numbers. And I'm like, what? She said, I am very proud of your numbers. They look good, but I want you to keep working and exercising and different stuff like that. So three more months went by. I had to go for my, uh, to have it checked again. And when I went that second time, she said, Miss Wells, you, don't, you no longer have it. We're going to take you off the needle. We're gonna take you off. I wanna take you off the pills. I wanna take you off of everything. You're doing wonderful. It's not there. You don't have it anymore. I I did not know what to do. I told my children, I was so, I just could not believe.
3: And God brought us through. I, and that's what we're God talking about today, finding your joy. Um, go ahead, Sister Christie, you're back on. Okay. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. That was my
0: joy. That was my peace. That was my happiness. That was everything that I asked the Lord to do. That was everything that I asked him to do. We sometimes ask God for things, but we don't believe it. We don't believe. We ask, but we don't believe it. But I believed it because I knew I didn't want that to be a part of my life. I said, God's going to heal me from this. And I just kept telling him. You said in your word, I just kept bringing it to him. And three months, six months, it was, I don't have to do anything now. I'm fine. I don't have to do anything. None of it. It's gone. I don't have to take nothing. And I'm like, now this was nothing but God, nothing but the Lord. And we have to learn to trust in the Lord. We have to learn to keep us safe no matter what we are facing, what kind of storm it is. He even had me talking to people in the hospital, showing them the word. This lady from some country that worked there. He had me showing her telling her about it, gave out the phone number for LG for all the different other classes. And she saw me, you know, always watching, always reading. You said, this has really changed my life. I'm supposed to be helping you, and you are helping me. Now, I'm in the hospital. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, we have to keep the faith. Uh, hold on. Wait a minute. minute.
3: You're you in a hospital, and you need help, but you helping people from the hospital.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I was helping wow. her. And uh, she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. She said, what is that phone number? She said, who is your pastor? Who is this? I gave her that, and so when she come in to bring my man, and it's on the Sabbath or one night when she's working, she will listen in for a few minutes. And I thank God for that. I said, God put us in places sometimes we don't know why, but he put us in places just for the right time. I don't know if this lady, she may be uh, listening now. She may be uh, got baptized, she may be a uh, part of IOG. She may be a part of some other camp. I have no idea, but I was there at the right time to do the right thing. That the word. I had to give that word. And the same thing for me. He right. me, you follow me, you do what I ask you to do, and I will show you who I am. And he did. Mm. He did. And I'm just so thankful to God today because I uh, everywhere I went, those doctors told me, You're supposed to have been dead. Over a wow. thousand? You don't know why you here. But if it wasn't for my, the prayers of my brothers and sisters, the calls, the encouragement, that got me through along with my prayers. I didn't ask them to pray uh, for me, I asked them to pray with me.
2: Sometimes
0: as we ate Prayer, pray for me, but we have to ask them to pray with us.
2: Because
0: we have that's to right. And so I just thank God for what I really do because I'm here today. Because of God's grace and mercy. That is the only reason that I'm here today. And I thank wow. God for that. So that is my and testimony. It,
3: and that's beautiful how you know someone can talk about what they've been through. You know, how they've had to climb the hills and how they had to dig themselves out of the dirt, you know, mentally and spiritually. Because when something happens to you, um, it's like you're buried in it. You know, you can't see your, your, your way out of it. You have to literally claw and scratch yourself out of this 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 mental dirt and this spiritual dirt that that, that you're buried under. But when you can still praise God and thank God of what he's going to
4: I don't know. What happened? My phone keeps hanging up. I got to get a new phone. I don't know what's going on. Wait a minute. Let me see.
3: I'm here. He wants you to go by faith and not by sight. So this is your moment. That although you can't see where you're going. With these two eyes right here. It's time for you to look at your life through the spiritual lens, the spiritual eye. Because we walk by faith, brothers and sisters, and not by sight. Uh, Sister Crystal, Sister Savannah, I know that on the phone it's going in and out, but as far as the live feed, you know, it's not like that. So I just want you to know I I, I got you guys. I, I can hear you guys. So if you can't hear me, don't worry about it. Um, I'm aware of it because the phone is doing some crazy things, but they can still hear us on the live feed. Now, let me share my testimony with you guys. Um, September the 3rd, 2008. Um, I lost my firstborn son to cancer. He was 15 years old. Now, before that, I was trying to get custody of him. He was 13 at the time. Me and his mom didn't see eye to eye. She had been dibbling and dallying in drugs, and she began to smack cocaine. I would get my son on the weekends and I picked up my son one day and he got in the car. And he was crying. I said, son, what's wrong with you? And he looked at me in my eyes with tears in his eyes. And he said, daddy, mama is starting to smoke crack. Mama has been smoking crack. I said, well, how do you know? He said, because when she's smoking and using drugs, she let me do whatever I want to do in the house. And when she's not high, when she's not on drugs, She'll tell me to go sit down and, and she'll whoop my butt or something like that. I can get away with anything I want to get away with when she's smoking crack. It was not only the hurt of her his mom being on drugs, but it was also the embarrassment of people knowing in the building what his mom was doing. He was angry with his mom. He began to pass judgment on his mom. He's 13 years old. And I had to take up for his mom. I said, hey, look. Although we weren't on good terms, although I've been trying to get my son, get custody of my son. I said, look, son, your mother is a human being. We all make mistakes. I said, but I got you. I'm going to make sure you're straight. I'm going to make sure you're okay. And so I hugged my son. I told him I loved him. Took him home with me for that weekend. It went about for a whole nother year. I'm still picking him up on the weekends. I'm giving her money. She's asking me for money for her rent and little did i know she wasn't even paying rent because rent was based on your income and she was unemployed and what she was on public assistance so she wasn't paying rent although she was telling me i need money for rent i need money for phone i need money for this and that and the other now i'm still taking care of my son but in addition to taking care of my son i'm helping her out with other things because my son lives there right i get a call out of the blue this is about at the end of 2011. Two services called me and they said Mr. Hawthorne she, he, um, we this is so, social services calling we need you to come and get your son and I'm like well what's going on and they say well his, his mother is in custody and we have the two children here your son and his brother and we need you to come and get your son and um, if we don't we got to put them in DCFS custody." Department of Children and Family Services. I said, Well, I can come and get my son, but what's going to happen to his brother? Well, if we can't get in contact with anyone in the family, then we have to put him in DCFS custody. I said, I'll come and get them both. Came and got them both, got in contact with her mother's side of the family, dropped his brother off with them. And although I have been trying to get custody of my son all this time through the courts and legal way and all that stuff. It didn't happen that way. Out of the blue, God fixed it. Where he was just given to me without a fight. What happened was I didn't know that her youngest son was born with cracking his system. And so when at the hospital, your child is born with cracking your system, they have to come and test you every once in a while and do what they call drops. Well, that's what happened. They came to her apartment one day. They told her to do a drop. It was dirty. And that's how I was able to get my son. Now, that was just the start. A year or so later, my son came home and he was having pains in his leg. And he said, Daddy, my leg is starting to feel funny. For anybody who lives in Chicago, um, know a little bit about Urban Prep High School. That's the high school my son attended. That high school has a seven-year track record of 100% graduation record and the poorest and the most dangerous neighborhoods in the inner city of Chicago, Englewood. That's where my son attended. Eventually, I took my son to the doctor. The doctor did an x-ray because his leg was a little bit swollen. She said, well, it looked like something may have bit him or something. A day later, she called me. My son was doing set testing. Getting ready to go to Urban Prep, he was in eighth grade. Brother Leonard remembers this whole time, and uh, she called me in the office, and she said, "Bring your son with you." I said, "My son is doing testing. I don't think it's necessary to bring him just for you to tell me what you need." I don't know about the school for that. So what ended up happening was when I went to the hospital, which is where Doctor Toussaint's clinic was. She sat me down and she looked at me and she said, well, Mr. Hawthorne, we have the results of his x-ray. And we looked at his x-ray and it appears that he has a tumor in the bone, in the leg, and it appears that he has cancer. Well, when she said those words to me, I couldn't hear anything else. I, I saw her mouth moving, I saw her lips moving, but I couldn't hear nothing else that she was saying because the word cancer just it just shook the very foundation of my world she said I want you to get him and immediately take him to the University of Chicago for us to do a, um, a a test to confirm the findings I took him to the University of Chicago we did the test and it was determined that he did have cancer We immediately did the chemotherapy sessions. Um, He started losing his hair, started losing his eyebrows. Chemotherapy kills cells. So they not only kill the cancer cells, they kill all cells. And so his self-esteem had failed because of the look had changed in him. Eventually, We did the surgery because the cancer was in his leg, and the form of cancer was called osteosarcoma. They had to take a piece of the bone out of his leg about this big, and they replaced it with an artificial bone. He had to walk with a crutch, he had to go through rehab. We did all those things. His freshman year, he began to get back on track. He began to excel in his schoolwork he began to get gold ties because of his academics he wanted to play football but that was over with because of this particular surgery that he had to endure everything was fine everything was cool a few months later he started having flu-like symptoms i'm taking it to the emergency room can't find nothing bringing them back home Next day, taking them to the emergency room, didn't find nothing, bringing them back home. The next day, I'm taking them to the, hey, look, y'all, I'm not taking my son back home. You got to tell me something. Well, Mr. Hawthorne, give us a background. They should have already had a background because I was taking them to the same hospital. Well, somebody got smart and said, well, let's call the cancer doctor in that he was dealing with. They called the cancer doctor in. They did another 15 year old and not being able to do what all the other children were able to do, crushed him. But my son became a man during this period because all of our faith was shaken. He was the one that was telling us I'm okay. And if I have to die, I'm okay. Eventually the doctors told us six months before he died, The doctors told us that he was going to die. Nothing I could do about it but pray. My son looked at me and he said, Eddie, what's going on? Is everything going to be all right? Mm. My son, everything is going to be all right. I said, we have to say the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to change the things I can't change to accept the things that I can't change. And give me the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Well, eventually everything that the doctor said happened. It was gonna get to the point where he couldn't breathe. It was gonna get to the point where he had to sleep, sitting up, and eventually, after the treatments, the hospital stays, the therapy, September the 3rd, 2008, I lost my son. Now, that hurt and that pain will never leave my body. There's not a day that goes by that I'm not in pain and that I don't hurt for that particular loss. We had the funeral. I asked Brother Julius, I said, I want to start a radio show. Because in my search for the answers as to why God decided that my son's time was over, in my search to search for that answer, I found so many other answers to the questions that I had in regards in regards to God, in regards to his word, in regards to his plan for man, and in regards to his plan for me. So Julia said, okay, cool. I said, well, we're gonna name the show Truth Hour. We're gonna go live on Tuesdays. And um, I would like for you to teach, I'll read for you. We started the Truth Hour in November of 2010. Nine and a half years later, we've been on the air almost every Tuesday. We've gotten this word of God out. I could have quit. I could have gave up. I could have turned the opposite way and worked against God. But I chose this route, that if I couldn't save my son, that I was going to try to save as many young people as I could. That if I couldn't save my son, that I was going to try to save as many souls with the word of God that I could by bringing them to Jesus. So brothers and sisters, how did I find joy in losing my son to cancer
2: by
3: doing the work of God? By accepting his assignment, by walking the direction that he chose for me to walk in, even days that I don't want to do it. Even days that I don't want to go live on Tuesdays to do the Bible Show Truth Hour because maybe I'm not feeling well that particular day. Mm -hmm. I force myself to walk in the direction of my assignment. And then guess what? After the show is over, I'm so glad that I did do it. So brothers and sisters, I found joy in the promise of God, knowing that what he says in Revelation the first chapter, and I will read it to you, that times are not always going to be like this. And I believe in his word that, as he says in Revelations, the 20th chapter, that there will be a resurrection. So let me read to you Revelation 21 and 4. It says, and God shall wipe away the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things will have passed away. As a child, that was my favorite scripture. But I still wanted to know that why, God? Why, why, why my son? Why at such a young age? Why, you know... He, 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 he didn't live long enough to, to, to commit offenses against you. Why, why God? You got to explain. Then somebody, I can't remember who it was, turned me on to Isaiah 57 and 1, and I'll read that to you. It says, The righteous perish, and no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. God is removing some people from this earth to avoid them from experiencing some of the things that we are cur- currently experiencing and some of the things that will soon come, brothers and sisters. So let's go ahead and go to a couple of callers real quick. Let's go to, let me see, 773 712, 773 712. State your name or where you're calling. Seven seven three seven one two. State your name. Okay. Uh, and if you're just listening to the show, let why us know.
6: Okay.
3: Do me a favor. Um, I know you're watching the program while you're on the phone, but we're getting feedback okay. because you're watching the program and on the phone at the same time. So if you can turn what you're watching down. So that we can hear you, okay. Uh, Caller, who's this, and where are you calling from? All right, seven seven three seven one two. Oh, this.
2: Oh, oh. can you okay. hear me? Okay. I'm
3: you. Yeah, I can hear you now. Who's this, and where are you
6: calling from? My name is Sonia, and I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois, brother.
3: Hey, sister Sonia. Um, we got Hi. a question for. You. We got a question for you today. How do you still find joy in the midst of what you've been through?
6: I find joy um, in the in God's word. And let me just first say, your your story was very, very moving. And very encouraging. And I'm glad that you shared it. Thank
2: but, you, sis. Um, just,
3: just to give you a little background, I'm a former Jehovah's Witness.
2: And, um, I,
3: am, I, am, I am too, sis. When I say that. My mom is still a Jehovah Witness for over fifty years, and for the first fourteen years of my life, I was going to the Kingdom Hall. So I, I can empathize with you with that. Oh wow! Are mm-hmm. do you are
2: mm.
3: well? Then um,
6: do you understand what it's like to basically dissociate yourself?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. You, I, <laughs> I, I, look, I me and my mom
3: talk every day about this word, and she pulled out her new world translation exactly. I out the and, you know, we, we just reason with one another, you know, but go ahead. I, believe me, I understand disfellowship and all that stuff. Go ahead, Dosa.
2: Yeah.
6: So although I wasn't disfellowshipped um, because I came into the, the actual truth, then I, I just basically just stopped going. And um, unfortunately at the time, my daughter who had um, had been just reinstated, who had went through her entire pregnancy disfellowshipped by another brother who had um who lived in another state. And so although they weren't married, she decided not to marry because, you know, they, they weren't right, his family. So basically, she got reinstated, and right after that, I found the actual truth. And with the weight of my new uh, grandbaby, and it's just me, her, and my daughter, and I just— was praying to God, like, I'm not going to make it through the great tribulation, Lord. I'm already weighed down, and I just want to quit right now. Now, this is before I even knew about the actual truth. So what the Lord did was maneuver things in my life to support me in learning what I was about to learn, which was, first of all, what I thought to be true wasn't, and that I've lived my entire life around this. And it's untrue. All the decisions that I made, my daughter not going away to school on scholarship, the jobs I gave up, the, you know, education, we all these choices we made only for this not to be the truth. So then I learned what the truth is, that we're Israel, which I was totally upset about because I knew Israel had totally and repeatedly disrespected the Lord consistently for, you know, so many times. So I didn't even want to be associated with that. But
3: nonetheless, I came to accept it, did my research. And, you know, in the, in, the Kingdom Hall, in the Kingdom Hall, they teach that we're Gentiles. Yes, so, they
6: do. But go ahead, sis, I'm with you. Uh, uh-huh. So... Eventually, I'll start coming to to learn what I need to learn. Now, the person that introduced me to Jehovah's Witnesses, he was also the person to let to tell me that we're Israel. But he was studying and still is, you know, with one of the other camps, you know, the you know white people hating camps. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm I can't go that route. I know that I don't fully know the truth, but I know that the God of this Bible does not, you know. That's not okay with him. He wanted all people are acceptable to him that want to be righteous. So I started looking for the truth. So the more I started, I found IOG on YouTube. So then I learned about the lake of fire. I learned about all these things. And now I feel like I can't walk this walk. So when I tell you that the Lord, he started, I'm sorry for getting emotional, but he started orchestrating things to support me, um, people just offering support that I I didn't even really know or, you know, that didn't really know my situation, but they knew. And so I also at this time was testing God, so to speak, like if this is really the way, then do this. And I did that three times, brother. The first two times were for things that were important, but not like life-changing, but, you know, I needed him to do it. And then the last thing I asked for was something really big, something that if he did it, I knew only he did it and this was the right way. Less than a week later, not only did he grant my petition, he gave me more than what I asked for, and he solidified that, yes, this is the way I'm going to get you through this. Keep on walking. So I went from worshiping the false god thinking that you know i worshiping the real god and a lot of sacrifice involved trying to do that only for it to all be wrong i'm now you know with my daughter and another baby now trying to keep going and then when i find out that what really is required i'm like i can't do this i don't know how i'm i'm gonna fail and then that the lake of fire is what's going to be the punishment you know everlasting which i had never been told that that was going to be for us i thought that was just for the angels so i went from that to not to wish that i had never been born like i just wish i had never been born and after that the lord was like this is how you going to do it and i'm going to do it with you and just started giving me the resources to see that i can do it and now today brother I cannot tell you. when I tell you that belief it's is important. It's there so important. That's what I think that we lack the most, that we don't believe the God of Israel, that we don't believe mm-hmm. when he says, I am not going to leave you, and I'm going to deliver you out of all your troubles. He really will. And he did. And he still does it. He still is doing it. So I just wanted to share that that this act like no matter how big or impossible it seems if you do what you're supposed to even you know if you mess up but you want to do it right and you try to do it right he will hear you and help
3: you that's right that's right well we thank you so much for that sis powerful testimony sister calling in and we have a lot of similarities that sister and I because I know what it's like to grow up in the kingdom hall uh, which is what they call the truth. And I know what it's like um, to share the truth of what we have now with a Jehovah witness, because I talk to my mom every day and um, my mom, although she's set in her ways, she will listen, you know, and um, she'll take take down scriptures that I share with her and she'll maybe go ask someone else and they'll she'll come back to me. But, uh, At least I'm dropping the seeds of curiosity in my mother's spirit about some of the things that either she did not know or some of the things that now she's questioning that she was taught. So, sister, I appreciate that. That was a powerful testimony. We're going to go ahead and get ready to close out. Let's go ahead to Sister Savannah. Sister Savannah, this has been a powerful show, a show of tears and great emotion and great powerful testimonies in ways that we still found found joy in the midst of the storm, in the midst of our, our struggles and trials. Um, give us your final thoughts, Sister Savannah.
4: I thought today's show was excellent. It was powerful and it was moving. To hear everybody's experiences and trials and tribulations that they went through in life, it just brings us closer together and to know that we're all walking the same walk just differently, and that we all walk different walks to get where we are today. So. You know, everyone everyone's experience was definitely an eye opener because you know at some point you always think, oh, am I by myself? Am I the only one going through this? But then when you hear other people's testimonies and stories, you're like, no, you're not by yourself at all. So that was that was um very interesting. Um, so I do have a scripture that I did want to read. It was actually two of them. Okay. It was Psalms sixty two and uh, seven and eight. Okay. And God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength. He is my refuge and my, he is my, and my God. Church to him at all times, people, pour out your heart before him. God is your refuge for us. so I always keep that in mind. I always keep the Lord that he is my strength. He gives me the strength to continue this walk and to face anything that he may, bring you know across our path. so, so with people that's in the truth or people that's outside of the truth as long as we just stay focused on the lord he's going to bring us through whatever he puts in the path. and that's, that's
3: the right. final thought <laughs> all right um brother bakersman give us your final thoughts my brother
5: well um uh, i really enjoyed this uh the show today i wasn't expecting to hear all the stories that i heard but like sister Savannah said that just goes to show you that you're not dealing with this walk alone you're not dealing with any of the trials and tribulations that you might go through you're not dealing with them alone everybody is pretty much in the in the same boat with walking this truth we all fall off we all have things happen that that make us question sometimes and get a get us, you know, to be on edge, you know, such as the thing that is going on right now. But that that is why I am very, very proud and greatly appreciate the the truth out when all the rest of the shows that, that we have throughout the weeks because it, it helps us reassure and get us back grounded to where we need to be to stay focused and walking this walk to not get off track with dealing with the most high.
3: Powerful, powerful show today. Powerful show today. Sister Crystal, make sure your phone is not on mute. All right. Uh, okay, go ahead. Give us your final thoughts. Um, I
0: would like to say that, you know, today was, um, it was just awesome. I, I really, really thank God for uh, putting this on my heart to do, because we never know when someone needs to talk to somebody and don't have anybody
2: to talk to.
0: And, you know, testimonies that came forth today. Um, it, it was just something that really, really touched my heart. And I thank God for it and, and we're not alone. We do not. We are all here. We are fighting different battles and you know, we gotta stay strong and stay on the battlefield and just know that we have each other to lean on. And we need to lean on each other. And, you know, I just thank God for, you know, everyone being online today and sharing their stories and, you know, the testimonies. And I pray that you all got something uh, from today that that will help you to carry you through these hard times and sad times. But don't give up. Don't give up and stand strong. And go to God, for him in the scriptures, pray and ask for knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and guidance, and he will give it to you. He is our God, and he loves and cares for us, no matter what's going on in the world, we have to know that. And, um, you know, we just have to stand on the word, and keep his laws and commandments, and find joy and peace in his Word.
3: And that is no final deal for today. We appreciate that. And let me give you my final thoughts. And we've had a wonderful, powerful show. Um, The reason why we went early today is because I'm actually on my way um, to support my god sister who lost her mom. And we're at a point now where you can only have 10 people at a funeral now. Um, State law, because of the coronavirus, you can only have 10 people. And uh, she was there for me when my son died, and I said I have to be there for her. And so um, I just want to, my closing thoughts are this, i want to read two scriptures, one in Romans, one in the book of Psalms, all right? So the book of Romans 5, 1 through 5 says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord um, Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glorify in tribulations also. Wait a minute, we glorify in tribulations? Make us not ashamed, because the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is oh. given unto us. Brothers and sisters, faith and fear cannot coexist at the same time. And I want to close with this. Since the name of our show is Reboot Your Faith, and we read that dealing with faith, now I want to read something dealing with joy. Because it was put on our sister Crystal's heart to deal with joy. How do you find joy in the midst of your storm? How do you find joy in the midst of your troubles and trials and tribulations? Well, let's read what God said in his word. Psalms 30, let's start at verse 1. And I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and has not made my foes to rejoice over me. How many people have come against you but have not been successful? So it says right here that I will extol thee because you have lifted me up. Now let's deal with Sister Crystal who spoke about it in in verse 2. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee and thou hast healed me. How many of you have been sick like Sister Crystal? And diagnosed with different things and put on your back for 10 days and 14 days.